0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Welcome everyone to church today. So good to have you with us wherever you're joining in from. If you're from one of our campuses who are currently uh, in lockdown restrictions, welcome from your home uh, or wherever you are. Welcome to those in Whangaree who are in the room today and also those in Whangaree who are having watch parties or in their homes as well. Um, so good to have you guys with us. I want to do a quick, quick shout out. You just heard about it, but Christmas Box is coming up very, very soon. And I really believe like, this year has been a tough year for many. And if our community ever needed us to b- bring Christmas box to them, uh, this is our year. And so I want to encourage you to take some time now to consider um, what you would give, how you might be part of it, how you can contribute maybe as a family or a small group. Uh, it is a- an absolutely amazing opportunity we have to take these boxes into our community this year to be a blessing in a year that has been so tough for so many. So uh, thank you so much, Church, for thinking about that and, and leading into that. We start a series today, a brand new series Called we the church and i want to take the next three weeks just to explore who are we as the church we've just spent the last four weeks looking at who god is and so now we're going to look at who are we who are we as the church? And at the end of this message, we're going to actually be receiving communion together as a church in your homes. And so if you are prepared for that, great. If you haven't got prepared yet, um, you're going to have some time through this message to go and get yourself prepared, get some wine, uh, wine, juice, bread, uh, be ready for that at the end of the service. Uh, But Pastor Haley Barrett did some research for me on this series, and I want to share a thought that she wrote down. It's just a brilliant thought, and I want to share that with you guys today. Is this, she says, the church is in many ways a complex reality. The church is ancient, yet it's contemporary, it's historical and at the same time cutting edge. It looks back to acknowledge its past and yet always reaches forward to its future. The church has been built and is yet still being built. It has endured persecution repeatedly and yet has repeatedly overcome. It has been outlawed by governments and yet always advanced. One look at the history of the church is enough to tell you that Jesus was right when he stood and declared that he was building his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. This church, which has endured persecution, trial, tragedy, division, heresy, and yet advanced all the same, this church is our church. This church is the church that we are a part of, the church of Jesus. And uh, I'm so excited. I love the church, friends. I love the church. I've given the last 20 years of my life in service of the church. Uh, it is my great joy and my great honour to do so. And I pray for all of us, no matter where we are on this journey, that this series will all bring us back to the heart of who God has called us to be, His church. We are the church. And I um, I want to encourage you as well. Maybe you're seeking, maybe you're looking, maybe you're searching for hope, maybe you're searching for answers, maybe you are not part of the church, but you've come along to an online platform. I pray that this series, We the Church, helps you to understand more about who we are, what the church is, and what we're all about. I want to take us to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to spend the next three weeks in this passage. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse number 4. I want to read this for you. It's going to come up in the chat or also in the notes. If you've got the notes app, um, our Elam Christian Center app says this, "'As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, "'but in the sight of God, chosen and precious.'" You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying a stone in Zion, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. Then going forward into verse 9. mercy over the coming three weeks I want to unpack this passage uh, and just give us a great overview and really dive into who are we as the church but before we can I really believe that before we can know who we are first we must know whose we are as the church and that leads me to my first point 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 number one we the church belong to Jesus we the church belong to Jesus When our kids uh, were a bit younger, and we would take them to, on like picnics, or take them to the beach, what would always happen is our youngest son, Rocky, would always get up and leave our family. Like we'd be at the beach, he would leave our family and he would go and find himself another family and he would adopt himself into that other family for the day and he would just ditch us and go and hang out with some other family. Like, so we'd be sitting at the beach and we'd be hanging out and then we'd look around and go, where's Rocky? And we'd look down the beach and like two families down, he, there he was sitting uh, with some other family on their picnic rug or on their beach towel eating sandwiches and strawberries from their chili bin, having the time of his life. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I gotta go get this kid. So I had to get up, walk down there. And uh, the, the, the people that were there, the family would always look at me and say, does he belong to you? And I'm like, yeah, he belongs to me. This is one of my ones, I'm so sorry. Dude, come back to our fair. What's wrong with you? Don't you like your own family? Why you gotta keep ditching us like that? I believe every parent has also had this experience where your child is doing something ridiculous or embarrassing or stupid and and everyone's looking at that kid and then someone asks the question, who does that kid belong to? And your response as the parent of that child? I have no idea. Never seen him before in my life. No idea whose kid that is. They're like, I don't know. We just need to, let, let's just leave him be and move on from that. But friends, there is, with my children, man, like, they belong to me, they're, they're mine. And the church is not independent of God in, his, in its existence. The truth is that we are the possession of God. We are His, we are owned and we belong to Him. In fact, in that passage in First Peter 2, it says that we are His special possession. We are God's special possession of all the things that God has, all the things that God owns. We are his special possession. We're the one that's most special to him you know, recently, Bex and I, we just adopted a rescue dog into our family. Um, Most of you would know I absolutely love dogs. I have a deep affection for dogs, and if I could have 10, I'd have 10. Uh, But we recently adopted a rescue dog from up north, and she came down. She's a a wolfhound, Irish wolfhound cross, which is just a cool-ass dog. And um, she came down from up north, and I I met them uh, to do the handover of this dog. And the moment, like we'd, we'd like filled out the forms and we were like looking forward to her coming. But the minute she was handed over to me, she belongs to me. Like this was my dog. Like the minute she was handed into my possession, I'm like, this is my dog. This is my dog she 's part no longer does she not have a family no longer is she abandoned no longer is she left out in the cold no longer is she just in obscurity in some uh, in a foster home no 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 she now belongs to me and my family. she is mine as soon as that hand over took place, she became mine and friends in the same way when you handed your life over to Jesus, there was a change in ownership there was a change in position you now the as the church we the church we belong to Jesus you're no longer your own you no longer belong to this world there is a change in ownership and you did not come cheap you did not come cheap 1 Corinthians 6 tells us this you are not your own you were bought with a Christ. There was a very high price for you. Once you belong to this world, once you belong to your own sinful desire, once you belong to your own impulses, and you used to belong to your your own selfishness and your, your own desires and your own sin, but friends, not anymore because we the church belong to Jesus. I no longer belong to this world. I no longer belong to the systems of this world. I no longer belong to my own sinful desires and conceited ways. I belong to Jesus. He paid for me with His body and with His blood, and He took possession of me, and I am now His. Friends, we the church belong to Jesus. And this is good news for all of us. If we belong to Jesus, this is good news for us in this current climate of fear and uncertainty, what need I fear if I belong to Jesus? If I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who conquered death in the grave, if I belong to the one that healed bodies and raised the dead, what need I fear in this life? Sure, right now in this Current climate, there's lots of fear, lots of uncertainty. And sure, I might get COVID and I might die, but I belong to Jesus. So I go to be with Him. Right? I might get the vaccine, not get the vaccine. I may or may not die. But hey, I belong to Jesus no matter what. I go to be with Him. I might live out the rest of my days happy and in good health and serve God to the end of my days. And at the end of my days, I die. And guess what? I belong to Jesus and I go to be with Him. I'm in a win win situation. I can't lose. There's no bad story here. I cannot lose. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Many of you are captured by fear. It's because you forgot who you belong to. You belong to Jesus. Friend, the dice is loaded. The odds are in our favor. You've got the cheat codes of life. If you belong to Jesus, it's a win-win, man. You can't lose. You can't lose. Don't forget who you belong to. We, the church, we belong to Jesus. My second thought is this, we the church align to Jesus, we align to Jesus. I studied physical education at university, and I know, yes, it's a surprise, I did go to university, and I did get a degree, and uh, I never used that degree a day in my life, but I did learn some things in that degree, and that degree has become a very powerful sermon illustrator for me, so praise God, nothing is wasted in God's economy, but I did physical education at university five years to do a four-year degree and I came out of that and as a PE teacher you learn some very particular skills and one of the skills they teach you it is an ancient art it is a very uh, um, a skillful endeavor they teach you the skill of putting cones out to mark a sports field now I know this sounds easy I know this sounds like that's, that's no big deal. Why would you need to go to university to learn that? Well, this is why. Because it is easier to land a man on the moon than it is to line up a straight line of cones to mark out a sports field and if you've ever tried it you know what I'm talking about it is like you you go out there with good intentions friend you start laying down cones and you, man I'm walking straight I can I, this is a straight line and you mark out what you think is a beautiful rectangle for a soccer field or a rugby field only to stop at the end and look back and realize that your nice rectangle resembles more like the coastline of Africa and you got young people and teenagers playing sport going, sir, sir, the lines are crooked. I'm like, you need to get over yourself, bro. Just play the game. No one can fix this. This is, this is beyond anybody. This is beyond my powers. But I learned at university the key to this task, how to do a straight line and how to do a nice field. The key is that you lay the corner cone first. You find the corner, you lay the corner cone, and then you line every other cone up off that cone. So you take a few steps, you look back, you align it, and then you put the next cone down. And then you take a few steps and you line back up with that corner cone, and you put the next cone down. You take a few steps and you line back up with that corner cone, and you put the next cone down. Friends, in Scripture, there's a whole lot of metaphors that the New Testament uses for the church. The church may be like a body the New Testament says. The Bible says it's like a body but that's because Christ is the head. The church may be like a flock of sheep but that's only because Christ is the shepherd. The church may be like a holy nation but that's only because Christ is our leader and our king. The church may be like a family but that's because Christ is the head of the home. The church may be like a temple building but that's because, as the scripture says, Christ is our cornerstone he is the beginning foundation point of it all he is the authority he is the supremacy he is the one to whom we submit and as the cornerstone he is laid first and we as the church align off him we align off him because Christ is the cornerstone here's what we do all of our lives, our existence as the church, we the church, what we do is we always look to ensure, am I aligned with the cornerstone? Am I aligned with the cornerstone? Very easy to get out of alignment when you stop looking back at the cornerstone, when you stop measuring off the cornerstone, when you stop building in relation to the cornerstone. Right now, this world is trying to get you building off track. It's trying to get you building in a way that is not going to be... Honoring to God and Christ, like friends, it's so important that we, the church, we align to Jesus, we align to the cornerstone. So, in my life, I'm constantly looking back. Am I aligned with the cornerstone? Is what I'm doing and how I'm acting and how I'm treating people and the motivation in my heart, am I aligned with the cornerstone or am I building in my own way? Am I building off a different foundation? Right now, I want you to take a moment, even in your own lives, to think about the week that's been the week you've just had and think about, man, in my life this week and in my life going forward next week, am I aligned with the cornerstone? Is my life truly lining up or is he just another building that I'm building next to or am I building my life off of the cornerstone? In my speech this week, just gone. think about what you said, think about the conversations you had. In my speech, am I aligned to the cornerstone? In my thoughts, in what I'm entertaining in my mind and what I'm allowing my thoughts to go down, am I aligned to the cornerstone? In my relationships, am I aligned to the cornerstone? Am I treating people badly? Am I abusing people? Am I being harsh with people? Am I aligning myself with the cornerstone? In my family, am I aligned to the cornerstone? In my private life, in my treatment of others who disagree with me? In my online interactions, in my forgiveness, am I aligned? to the cornerstone, because we the church, we don't align off anything else but the cornerstone. Christ is our cornerstone. Perhaps this week as you go forward, before you say those words, before you send that email, before you have that conversation, before you you start to go down that thought track, ask yourself the question, am I aligned to the cornerstone? Because we the church align to Jesus. My encouragement for us today is this, that we would all resubmit our lives to the authority and to the supremacy of Christ in our lives and ask ourselves, man, am I right now in my life, am I aligned to the cornerstone? We, the church, we align to Jesus. My third thought today, friends, is this. We, the church, proclaim Jesus. We, the church, proclaim Jesus. I, like most of you who are watching today, if you're not watching from New Zealand, then um, God bless you. So good to have you with us. If you're you're watching from outside of Auckland or the far north or somewhere, you you might be in a different level of restriction or things, but man, like many of you, I've been confined to my house for almost the best part of three months now, and um, I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, church, I'm starting to get a little grumpy. I'm starting to get a little agitated. Uh, I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm starting to get unmotivated. There are certain days when uh, Steve is not a happy camper, that uh, I, I, I just need to need Jesus more than ever. And uh, I can only imagine that many of you are experiencing similar symptoms to what I'm going through as well. And if you want to be vulnerable and, and, and do a little reach out for help, you can put your symptoms in the chat. You tell us what you're frustrated about, and, but maybe not. God bless you. Keep those to yourself. Uh, But I've learned to do something when I start to feel that way uh, in the season of lockdowns and restrictions. I've learned to ask this question, what do I need? Like if I'm feeling real grumpy or real frustrated or if I'm just like getting real over it, like I ask ask myself the questions, see, what do I need? Just the other day, like literally just the other day, I was so grumpy. I, I woke up grumpy, uh, I was like going through my day, I was just getting increasingly agitated, and um, I could, you know you're can, you you know, you're bad, you're getting bad grumpy when you notice it about yourself. Like when someone else says to you, you're a bit grumpy, you go, oh, am I? But when you start noticing that you're grumpy before anyone else says that you're grumpy, you know you're going somewhere, right? And I just realized I was, and so I just asked myself a like, question, Steve, what do you need? Man, oh, you know what I needed? I needed food. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten that day. I was hungry, angry, hangry, we call that. Many of you know what I'm talking about. When you get to that hungry point where you're just grumpy at the world, you just hate everybody, and all you need is a cheeseburger. All you need is a piece of pizza. All you need is a sandwich or or, or whatever else you want to eat. Just eat that food. You'll feel so much better. What I needed was I needed some food and I needed to get out of the house. I just needed fresh air. And need to get out and go for a walk and just enjoy some sunshine. And, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of answers to the question, what do I need right now? You know, sometimes I think maybe selling my children is the answer to the, the, the things I'm going through. But then I, I realize, no, they're a gift from God. But, you know, what do I need is a very powerful question. Because I came back from eating that food and going for that walk feeling a whole lot better. And when I look at the world right now, when I look at what's going on in the world, and when I look at the symptoms of the world, the disunity, the fear, the worry, the confusion, it leads me to believe and i'm convinced that the best thing that we the church can do and the thing that god has ordained us to do the thing that god has graced us to do the thing that god has called us to do is proclaim jesus when i look at the symptoms of the world the remedy to the world's condition is jesus and we the church have the answer to the question we the church have the remedy to the problem we the church have the great unifier we the church have the great physician we the the church have the hope of the world. His name is Jesus and we are here to preach him and proclaim him. That is our message. Romans 1 16 says this, Paul writes this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God to transform lives, to transform hearts, to transform communities and nations. The the gospel is the power to redeem and restore lives. The gospel is the power to forgive the debt of sin. The gospel is the power to heal the brokenness of the human heart. It is the answer to the human condition. So church, let's not confuse our message right now because our message, we the church Proclaim Jesus. He is our message. And friends, the answer to a lost and hurting and broken world is the simple gospel of Jesus. That we were dead in our sin. That all of us have a debt owed for our sin. We were all lost and broken and dead in our sin. But God in His grace sent His own Son Jesus to live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death on the cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself the payment that you and I would due for our sin he paid the ransom he paid the debt he bore upon himself the sin of the world he atoned for our sins and then he conquered death in the grave and he rose again to new life and he sits at the right hand of the father and he extends to every one of us grace forgiveness for our wrongs a brand new life a brand new start in him It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will get a hold of your life and take the darkness that's in you and bring light to it. He will put a fire on the inside of you. He will renew you from the inside out by the power of His Holy Spirit. You'll begin to live different, think different, see different. You'll be enlightened and awakened to the truth and the reality of an all-powerful, all-loving, almighty God who desires to know you and have you in relationship with Him. You'll begin to walk into the great purposes of God, that God has a redemptive purpose for your life you're not an accident or a mistake there is purpose to your life friend God has a redemptive plan to outwork to restore in you and lead you back to your original design to serve him and know him and love him and make a difference in this world friends you're no longer a captive to sin but you are free free in Jesus. And that's some good news today. I hope there's some amens going on in the chat today. That's our message. That's the message the world needs right now. That's, the, that's what's entrusted into the hands of the church. We, the church, proclaim Jesus, the freedom that comes in Him. And there's a lot of talk right now in our nation about standing up for freedom. So here I go. Friend, if you are a captive to sin, there is freedom in Jesus to break every chain and the power of 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 sin and death off of your life. If you're a slave to religion, there is freedom in Jesus to break the chains of religion and lead you into joyful relationship with your heavenly Father. If you're burdened and heavy laden, there is freedom in Jesus and rest for your very soul. If you're a prisoner to fear and worry and anxiety, there is freedom in Jesus to set you free indeed. If you're a a captive to sin and addiction and hopelessness and brokenness, friends, there is freedom in Jesus Jesus, to bring you life and life in all its fullness, no longer held back by the chains that bind you, but free in Him. For the Bible says, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we the church, we preach Jesus. We proclaim Jesus. And my encouragement to all of us today is not to lose sight of who we are. We the church belong to Jesus. We the church align to Jesus. And we, the church, preach Jesus. And my encouragement, my challenge to all of us today is to come back to Him. Come back to a place where we resubmit and resurrender and reaffirm the Lordship of Christ in our lives. Where our eyes and our gaze are set on Him, our cornerstone from which we build the rest of our lives. His sovereignty, His Lordship, His supremacy his place on the throne of our lives. We belong to Jesus. We, the church, that's what we do, we belong to him. We align to him and we proclaim him. That's who we are. You know, I've had many moments in my Christian journey where I have had to resubmit my life into the hands of God. See, I, I met Jesus when I was 18. I got saved in a radical way where I just met God and God just showed up and totally transformed my life. It was night and day. It was it was it was light and dark. It was just this total transformation where God just moved and I knew he was real and he took a hold of my life and I just man just fell in love with God and just knew he was real and true and had a plan for my life. It was the most joyful thing. But you know, over time, life happens, stuff happens, we get distracted, we begin to just get out of alignment sometimes we, we start to take back control of our own lives we start to get back on the throne take back the steering wheel and we start to maybe even begin to proclaim a message that is different to the one that started in us and I've had many moments many moments where I've recommitted my life to Christ where I've re-surrendered I've resubmitted. where I've come back to that place of going Jesus I'm coming back to you I'm coming back to you. I'm, I'm going to give back control. I'm going to realign myself back to you and I'm going to recommit. I'm In fact, I've, I've prayed what we might call the sinner's prayer. I've, I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life more times than I can count because every time I get out of alignment, I come back to him, I say, Lord, I give you my life again. Take control and I'm going to recommit my life to you. And I wonder whether today, this moment today, at the start of the series, whether that is something we could all do together right now as a church. Where as a church, we, we all just come to this point, we go, you know what? I'm gonna make a decision today to resurrender, to resubmit my life to Christ, to align my life back to Him and say, Jesus, I need you back on the throne of my life and I'm gonna surrender and submit to your authority, to your Lordship in my life. We're gonna take communion together in a moment and I wonder if we could use this moment of communion, to do that recommitment act. See, there's this beautiful tradition that we have as the church called communion, where before Jesus was crucified, He took bread and He broke it. And He said to His disciples, this is my body broken for you. Do this, take this in remembrance of me. Then He took a cup of wine. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Do this, drink of it. Do this in remembrance of me. And when we come and we partake in communion together, it's a reaffirming of who Jesus is. It is a resubmission to His authority, to His grace, to His Lordship. It's a remembrance that I'm only here but by the grace of God. It's not about what I do, what I have done. It's about the goodness and grace of God that His body was broken for me. His blood was shed for me. And as we partake in communion this morning, as you, as you eat that bread and you drink that juice, I want you to take a moment and say, Lord, I thank You Your body was broken for me. thank You, Your blood was shed for me, and I reaffirm and I resubmit my life under the Lordship of Christ today. Come and be my Saviour. Would you take that communion, friends? Let me pray for you as you do. Lord, we thank You that Your body was broken for us and Your blood was shed for us, and we the church, we the church today surrender afresh, We resubmit our lives under the Lordship of Christ. We thank you. It's not about what we have done or can do, but it's about what you've done, Jesus, your finished work on the cross. And so, Lord, we thank you for it. We receive afresh your grace. And we say, Lord, take the throne of our lives. We submit to your authority, to your sovereignty, and to your Lordship in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't already, you can eat and drink, friends. And um, while we do, while we close up, I want to just give an invitation. You know, I preached the gospel today. That's what I've done. I have told you about a loving and gracious God who sent His Son, Jesus, to a cross. And I want to give the opportunity, if you're here in the room today, if you're watching, if you're in your home, if you're in Whangarei in the room, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're not right with God, you know that you're not right with God. Maybe you've you've never made a decision to follow Him, or maybe you have before, but you're far from God today. And maybe that communion moment was a resubmitting moment for you. But for maybe for some of you, this is a first time decision, or your decision is bigger than that. Your decision has been, I'm really rededicating my life to the Lordship of Jesus. I would love to lead you in a simple prayer. If you've never prayed a prayer saying, Jesus, come in and be the Lord of my my life, Come and make me brand new. I want to lead you in this prayer right now. You just follow along with me. Are you ready? I'll pray it out loud. You just follow with me. Say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I repent of that sin. I turn from that sin. And I turn to you, Jesus. I ask you to come in to my life. Forgive me of all my wrongs and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this day to live for you. Thank you for making me brand new today. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so proud of you. If that was your very first time praying that, or maybe you've, this is you coming back to God in a big way, so proud of you. Right now coming up in the chat, there is a button that says, I raise my hand, or there's another one, a link that says count me in. I want you to push that, please. It, it We'd love to help you. We'd love to get your Bible in your hand and do whatever we can do to help you on this journey. This is a great journey. I believe that there's many people today who've making that decision. The call of God is on your life. The hand of God is on your life. On your life, God has been knocking on the door of your heart for a long time, and this day is a defining moment in your life where you are going to live a different way and God is going to bless you in amazing, amazing ways. Thank you so much, friends, for being part of our service. Thank you so much for pressing that button if you have. Church, I cannot wait to bring you part two of this message series next Sunday, but until then, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.